welcome to Vibrant Life, episode 27. Today is November 7th, 2021. I'm Jessica Parker. I'm a holistic health coach with a master's in health psychology, and I'm a fitness instructor. So today we are going to speak about a very, I would say, sensitive topic. My friend Lori Olmsted allowed me to interview her, which I'm extremely thankful that she is being vulnerable and letting us into to this world that she has been experiencing. So I will, we will be speaking in quote code during this interview just to hopefully not have this video removed, but it might happen anyway. So sauce is the word we use for the thing that goes in your arm having to do with the current illness that we are all experiencing. So Lori got the sauce and she had some reactions that have been extremely difficult to deal with. And she's going on, I want to say day 85 or so. She will explain that. It was really important to me to bring somebody on who is person personally experiencing these things. I do find it a little... Well, there are a lot of words for it, but definitely frustrating and confusing and maddening that people are experiencing these things and are not really allowed to talk about it. And yes, I will say aloud because the powers that be are blocking that information as much as possible. So take a listen. Lori was very, very gracious to say um, that if anybody is wanting to reach out and, you know, whether it's just, oh my gosh, somebody understands me, you know, somebody gets it, somebody's going through this also, or if you're having similar symptoms and you're wondering, you know, how she's dealt with it or whatnot, then you are welcome to reach out to her. That's something that you'll hear her say in this video. So I will link information below to how you can get in touch with her and you can always message me and I can link you guys up. So um, again, Lori Olmstead and here we go. Hey, and just a quick heads up. We did have some glitches with our Zoom to where we would freeze here and there. So you might notice these little like interruptions, but I did my best to edit out the, the times when we were just frozen. So please ignore that and enjoy the interview. Okay, so today we are gonna chat with my friend Lori, my new friend Lori. Um, <laughs> My dear friend, Tara, up in Alaska, I met her a lot of years ago. We won't talk about how many years ago. Um, and Lori is Tara's cousin. So Tara reached out to me when, after Lori got sauced, that is our code word, <laughs> in the arm for preventative, if y'all can catch what I'm saying here, um, and then had some issues. So Tara reached out for, to me, um, Lori's in Colorado, and Tara was wondering about any connections I might have, like with holistic doctors in that area. Anyway, so that's how, that's how Lori and I got connected. And um, we definitely have a lot in common. And I really just wanted to um, share her story, because I really believe a lot of this kind of stuff is happening, and people aren't really necessarily allowed to talk about it. Um, it's very hush hush. That's just from my perspective. And I'd love to hear your perspective, Lori, but let's go ahead and dive in and just like chat about like what life was like pre sauce, your health, your fitness, like all the, all the things work, all that. 
Gotcha. Um, that's a great question. Learned a lot. And I've used this as more of like a growing period. Like, you know, this is what you're going to, you're going to grow through this. You're not just going to go through this because it was really difficult and it would have been easy to kind of succumb to the negative and the uh, discouragement and the feelings of like, Hey, it feels like sometimes nobody cares, you know, like meaning medically speaking, um, but pre-SAWS. Um, so leading up to that, um, I cannot speak about that without mentioning um, kind of what I had gone through in the previous years leading up to that, at least a short period of years, we're going to kind of go over here um, because I had gone through a very stressful transformative period of my life where I had separated from a relationship that had been abusive for three years previously. Um, very, very stressful. Um, didn't really let anyone know what I was going through. And then literally just like dropped everything, um, you know, like had to leave years. I still owned those horses, but I had no place to keep them. So there I was setting off on my own. I had two part-time jobs. Um, I did not have a full-time job with benefits and that sort of thing um, to kind of fall back on. So I need to kind of reinvent myself. And in that process, speaking of my health pre sauce. I have to remember to use that word. Um, (laughs) I um, had to reinvent myself and I I ended up being um, greatly benefited by that change of circumstances in many ways, personally, because I had kind of lost myself. Uh, And in that process, I had lost my health. I don't want to go into all of that. That's not what this uh, subject we're talking about today is about. Um, I could, but I'm not going to. Um, But as far as health was concerned, Um, you know, aside from mental and emotional health, um, I had some, uh, stress related, um, things go on from my health during that time. So then I left in November, 2019. Um, I kept, had those two jobs. I was working out and ended up losing over time healthily, just by, you know, very healthy eating choices, educating myself and staying consistent, losing 20 pounds. I ended up keeping that off. Um, and then I started kind of getting even more and more into it. And I was just like, this feels really good. I'm losing the pain in my, any pain I may have had in, in joints or swelling or to show you guys, like, like I got this really cool journal. Isn't it just pretty? Right. And I was like, this is going to be a journal you're going to put. Um, it's not for writing per se, uh, but it's for just like, hey, you know, this is the date. This is, you know, what you weighed, even though I know that's not what that's about, but it was a way for me to keep track. And that wasn't my focus. My focus was more on what I was achieving and how I was feeling. Um, so, but I would put in this journal and I would put in daily, you know, what I was doing, whether it was a rest day or I had um, done a specific workout. I kept track of my workouts in here. I was doing super good. I was doing all this, uh, you know, resistance training and, um, ended up doing walking and jogging during my, my process. I got a job at the uh, Colorado Springs Police Department as a dispatcher. I went through this very stressful training. Um, training, right, takes about, I can get six weeks. And then you go into on-the-job training, medical and police. So I've had all these things going on since 2019. I get my health back. I'm doing really good. I have this great job that I really love, even though it's very stressful. Okay. And there's a point in me telling you about these stressful occurrences. They actually tie in interestingly to kind of what's gone on here. Um, so I decide I'm doing really well. I'm super healthy, yada, 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 feeling great. I don't have any aches and pains. I don't have anything going on. I haven't seen the doctor for anything since my pre Colorado Springs police department job where I did a pre-physical to make sure I was, um, clear for that position. Cause it's very stressful. 
So I haven't seen the doctor. I'm doing good other than for little things like sinus infection or, you know, stuff like that, little stuff that may pop up or you have allergies or, you know, things like that. I had had a couple COVID tests done because I did get sick and I thought, Hey, you know, maybe I should let people know, you know, and my, my workplace is very stringent because you can't have a small area getting sick. So they're very, very careful. So there was a few times I had to take leave just in case I got the test. It was always negative. Okay. So then I decided, well, maybe I will get the sauce. I'm sorry. I messed up earlier with that. Um, my daughter is a paramedic and was talking about, you know, her experiences <clears throat> and, uh, she was like, well, you know, you'll probably be okay. Da, da. So I did a lot of research on it. And I finally decided, and sometimes I wonder why <laughs> that I would get the sauce and I thought it'll be okay. I'll, you know, might be a little bit of time off work. Um, like some of the people I had known, I had waited pretty late, um, to get it considering the pressures on our society. Um, and I just really didn't want to, I felt like I didn't really think I was at risk. <laughs> and I went ahead and got this off. Five hours later, I started having a reaction and it wasn't necessarily just soreness in my arm. That was never a big deal. I've heard of that with other people. Oh, it was really, you know, no, mine wasn't like that. It was to me, felt like a normal shot. Okay. So speaking of the sauce, I'm not an anti-sauce person. Um, I had all those things growing up. My children had all those things. Um, I was just really concerned uh, by the, what I perceived as a lack of thorough research and production on the sauce. And I was really worried about some of the things I heard through actual human beings, not just through uh, media sources and things like that. I kind of put a high value into what I actually experienced from people I knew and people that I would hear stories from. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I should wait. So I did. I finally got the shot on August 16th, <clears throat> the sauce. And I, um, five hours later, gosh, it just kind of comes flying out. It's just conversational. Um, got the sauce on August 16th. And five hours later, I had a, um, started to feel very, very poorly. I started to have like a headache and this and that, uh, by 11 PM that night, I was having severe, severe, what we would call in the, uh, dispatching world, some priority symptoms, chest pain, palpitation, shortness of breath, faintness. I was dizzy. I couldn't think when I woke up on, I think it was the 19th in the morning and I have it written down because of my journal, I think it was about 730. Um, I woke up and I remembered the time and I notated the time in my journal because it was so shocking to my system that I was able to take a breath. I had just gone through this period of, of where I thought, gosh, you know, I'm just having a, um, an extreme immune response. It will, it will stop. You know, I didn't feel, I, even though I was feeling all the symptoms and I felt like, you know, these are all the symptoms for a, of a heart attack. And I already knew that from my, my training. And I was like, but I still, I just, I dug my heels in and I just thought, you know, this should be fine. Um, but yeah, I was having all those really horrible issues, but despite the fact I was having those symptoms, I still didn't call 911. I finally did go to the urgent care on the 19th. Um, and that began this long journey of what is now, what is this day again, a day 83, <laughs> um, of having all of these uh, reactions and all of these symptoms. And it's been a great mystery. I've been largely have been a puzzle to myself and to the doctors. I ended up doing an overview even for the doctors because um, I now have a cardiologist. I have an endocrinologist, things I didn't have before. I have never had 
any of these symptoms before. I've never had chest pain, palpitations. I've never had shortness of breath. I've never had brain fog. I've never had tremors. I have really bad tremors still um, that attack me here and then here and there. And I just, I don't really feel like myself. And you know, how, how you as a person, you get used to being in your own body. I mean, I know that's just stating the obvious, but you know, you are like, this is me and this is how I feel. And you tend to, after a while, if you have any kind of mindfulness uh, practice or meditation or anything, you're going to feel when something's off, you know? And right now I just still feel like everything is just really, really off. I wish I'd gone with that instinct and went, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, leave for now and, and give it a little longer, that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if you have any further questions or if you'd like to um, go into, you wanted me to just read my list of symptoms here. Um, it is a long list. It covers one page. Yeah, actually I would, I was, <laughs> I was going to ask you if you have any like tingling sensations, like that's something that I've heard, but so yeah, please go for it. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> August 16, I got the sauce. It was the, the one that starts with the letter P. Um, I got it at 725. Uh, sorry. I got it on the 16th. Okay. And then on August 19th, 7.25 AM, I took the first breath without extreme effort and gasping. I had had continuous chest pain from August 17 on, even noted in my journal through August 27. So this is kind of, again, this is a synopsis. That's 10 days with no break. Okay. None. And that was very difficult. Okay. So I had these ongoing attacks of palpitations, faint lightheadedness and confusion, along with that chest pain with no break. The chest pain was worse when I was laying flat or trying to rest or sleep. I couldn't find a recognizable trigger or pattern. I couldn't reproduce the pain by pushing on my chest, even though that was always my instinct was to try and push it and cause it to go away. And it didn't happen. Of course, I would have a stabbing pain when trying to take a deep breath. I would have a squealing, squeezing feeling in my chest along with the pressure. And I would have heart palpitations worse when I was laying flat. My heart would feel like it was beating super slow, but shaking my whole body like it would beat out of my chest. My heart rate monitor was showing like a weirdly irregular heartbeat that would go faster and then slower and then faster and then slower. And then that would just kind of accompany a weird feeling in my ears and in my chest. That was a kind of a, a surprise to me when it was feeling like I'd feel it in my ears, sometimes even down the side of my neck. Um, and you were asking about tingling and numbness. numbness. I did have tingling and numbness in my arms, the base of my neck, and it spread down my left arm. And um, I would have that shortness of breath and gasping for air for two and a half days. It felt like I was running when I was laying down trying to sleep. And I was used to jogging. I was used to working out. I would work out for two or two and a half hours hard. I would do circuits. I would do weights. I was doing bodybuilding. And so I was like, and then I would do the, the whole like short bursts of activity, you know? Um, and so I really, I really like working out hard. And it was strange to me that this would happen while I was laying down the most. And I would feel like I would just like, I can't just breathe normally. I have to like work to breathe. I feel like I'm running. I would have the tremors, which still occur. And then sometimes they would be throughout my entire body. They would usually start in my hands. They would often go into my whole body that actually happened to me uh, in the ER when I was speaking to the doctor. My whole body started shaking, um, including my stomach, my legs, this, everything. And then I couldn't tell him why I was there, even though I had just spent, that's the only time I've ever called 911 in my life, by the way. I called 911 for an ambulance. My parents had come to visit me because I had spent like the first four or five days alone. They knew I was alone and all this uh, important and serious symptoms I was having. 
So they were kind enough to come up and keep me company and watch over me because I could really not get up and go get water or get some food and things like that without feeling like I was going to faint. So they were, it was really nice to have them there, even though I felt really bad because they weren't exactly having fun because I was just sitting there and then I was sweating, which I'll get into as well. And I was unable to talk clearly. I would forget what I was talking about or what, what they were saying or what I was saying or not be able to find words. And that's not like me. I'm actually really verbose. <laughs> I have like a really big vocabulary. I was, it was too tiring to talk or breathe at the same time. And the talking was causing coughing fits and gasping. There was a short period of time where I developed a small cough. This was not a very productive cough. It started out as just a little dry thing that would happen once every couple hours, you know, and then it got a little bit worse and then it got slightly productive. And so my doctor who I was, I did see a doctor that most, many times I started writing down the list if you'd like to have that. Um, and they said, you know, just take some cough medicine. Literally the only time that the doctors were able to give me any answers actually for a very, very long period of time was just, Hey, take some cough medicine. I was like, okay. Um, I took that for a couple of days. It really didn't do anything. And I almost fainted at one point. That was on the 19th that that happened. So three days after the shot, I was still having those kinds of symptoms. Just kind of an FYI. I was having an extreme sweating. I was had sweat dripping down my leg for two days. Like if I was just sitting on a couch, it was gross. I would put towels under me and my body was just sweating. It felt like I was in a sauna. If you've been in one of them, then you just have that sweat just dripping down your legs. You can feel it dripping. You drip onto the floor. I put towels under my feet. I put towels all over the couch. It was disgusting and very fastidious. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, wow. And it was, it was really unpleasant, you know, and meantime, you're sweating and you're thinking in your, in your mind, I've got to drink more water, but with no temperature, my normal temperature is between 97.5 and 97.8, temperature was only 99.5 or 99.8 for the first two days, then temperature went away. I still would have the feeling of being hot and cold and hot and cold, but I never had that fever other than that real mild one. I was unable to sleep for longer than two or three hours, despite being super exhausted and not feeling rested and just feeling just super, super tired and sleepy all the time. Like somebody with an autoimmune disorder could understand. Um, I did have sudden attacks of the following, uh, which was commonly in the evening but could happen anytime throughout the day, but it was consistently happening to me at night in the evening. You know, I'd be just sitting there and my mom and dad would be trying to talk to me and this is what would happen. So I would have tremors, heart palpitations and chest pain that would suddenly happen like a stabbing pain. I would get confused, get lightheaded and dizzy, suddenly sleepy. I might just kind of sit there and just kind of just, just like feel just like out of it. Um, then about a week, I think it was the week after, because I went to the doctor a couple of times to my primary care provider, including the urgent care in their office. And then I went back to see two, two providers. So it was really three visits the first week, just some, you know, urgent care. They did like chest, you know, they did an EKG, wanted to make sure that I was okay. Told me to take um, cold medicine <laughs> if I, you know, cause I like, it's, this was the 19th that I went to see them. So as I said, on like that couple of days, I had started to develop a tiny little cough. Um, and then that's it. That's it. You know, I didn't have any, any guidance, anything like that. They were like, well, we want to do a CAT scan of your chest, but I just went home. My first primary care, um, they were putting test orders in that were, they were putting in under stat or urgent and the doctors were forgetting 
to put those orders in. So I was at the other end waiting for these facilities that were going to do the tests to call me and schedule and having to call, even though I had brain fog and all these things going on, right? I was having to follow up and call and then find out we don't have an order from them and then call back to my doctor and they'd say, that doctor didn't put it in, you know? And so when I said about feeling not important or like nobody cared about my, I felt like along uh, those lines of, you know, my logical brain knows they care. This is why they're in the profession of medical, you know, <laughs> they want to help people, but they just weren't doing it. About two, three weeks of that, I, I chose a new primary care provider. So <laughs> yeah. So continuing, I'm almost done. Um, that second week I went back to that primary care. Um, and this was still the same one. It was the three stooges at this point. Um, and they found this giant nodule right here in my neck, which I still have. There's a really big nodule in the front of my neck right here. It's actually about when you look at the circumference of it and you feel it with your fingers, it feels like there's a golf ball under my skin. This is very upsetting and disturbing to me because I, pay attention um, to my own body. Like I said, I'm, I'm actually a very, very healthy person, but in very health conscious, but I hadn't been feeling well. So I hadn't exactly been real aware in that first week. And then I went to there and she was checking and she goes, oh my goodness. And here it was. And I went and I reached up and I was just like, <laughs> I was disgusted. I was like, this one, there's one next to it as well. So she was like, oh, I think you have acute thyroiditis. It's probably just a response to getting the sauce. By the way, just to go over this, I had seen all those doctors. They all wrote into my chart and as well as verbally acknowledged that it was just an, an extreme autoimmune response of my body to the sauce specific really? to me. Yeah. So that is actually, it's, it's, documented it's right in there you know um and i was concerned about that you know because of the way <laughs> you hear on the news and the, you know i was just like my parents were even like my parents were like maybe you shouldn't tell them you know but i was like but that's important information the guy in urgent care was like well my brother had a really bad reaction as bad as yours and that's i would run into that story everywhere i went so they would say they weren't surprised I, that is notable. Yes. And I, when I say they weren't surprised, I'm saying that you'd be looking in the eyes of the nurse and she'd be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. seen this before, you know, but they would all say this is worse. And this is that acting much this, like, this is much longer and, and more profound, if you will, medically, like the, the extremity of it, it was just a very extreme response to what they were seeing. They did see those things but definitely maybe not in this area of being this bad. So then became the huge nodule. I also had pressure on my neck and inner ears when I would turn my head to the right, probably because, and this is just my theory, nobody told me this, but the nodule is really big. And I feel like it, when I turn my head that it presses on some things in my neck. I was either sleeping like the dead, like a zombie, and, or I was just like wishing I could sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I, I was just all over the place as far as that went. Um, I also, because I'm me and I love exercising and I was really missing it, even though I was just like, I can't even like stand up and balance, you know, because my balance was off. My, I was dizzy. I was having these palpitations, but after I'd gone to the doctor a few times, this is, you know, we're going forward a few weeks now, I decided, well, I'll try to do 
one of my workouts, just like super laid back. Went ahead and and I worked out the two times and I just took note of it. I was definitely not able to do normal, um, but I did it just to see how it would make me feel. Um, I noticed interestingly that I wasn't sweating during the exercise. I normally would have been. And I didn't. And then when I got done and I sat down to rest, I was suddenly sweating buckets. So I thought that was an odd reaction. So I put that down. I also had this really weird, these are the side, these are what I would call the little effects that I started noticing. I had like a really super dry uh, skin issue on my lower legs, like scales starting to develop. And that was me with me putting like lotion on every day. And I felt like, do I need to put like socks on my legs and put Vaseline under it? <laughs> like, you know, what is this? I also noticed some weird stuff about my hair and the breaking was breaking off. And it was just from me laying on my pillow. And I actually, I already used like a silk pillow to try and keep my hair from breaking. And it didn't matter. It was just all totally breaking off. It's actually doing much better now in the last couple of weeks, but I ended up having to have my hair cut. Um, and I was just like, just cut it off. Cause I had all these little pieces all over the place. So that was going on. Um, it should be noted. I also had a sudden weight gain and just started to just explode in those, that first four weeks, I gained 20 pounds in those four weeks. Now, even though I wasn't working out, I was still eating healthy. I, in fact, I was eating less calories cause I didn't feel well. So I was having a problem hitting what I, I do the, the whole macro thing for carbs, proteins, fats. I was doing bodybuilding. So, so now I have a problem eating that much. Now I've plateaued that force. The four weeks went boom, boom, boom. And I was like, Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm back at that 20 pounds heavier than like, what? <laughs> it's like, you know, insult to injury. <laughs> I know, you know, but then, you know, there are some serious things like, you know, Ed, if I, I had, my joints were starting to hurt. My joints were swelling. My body was really puffy. And those were some other things here. I felt puffy, especially my arms and my face and neck. And, and there's this really interesting one too. And I ended up telling it to a nurse in cardiology when I was in there and I was giving, they were giving me an, east, an echo and then they put a heart monitor on me, which I wore for eight days. Um, so waiting on the results on that, my, my breasts got really sensitive, like uncomfortably. So, um, you know, I had, had a couple of children, um, they're all in their twenties now. <laughs> um, so it was, but it almost felt like when you're pregnant and you're so sensitive, like you don't want yeah, like your shirt to touch them. It's just, it aggravates them. It irritates them. That was very odd, you know, cause I'm 49. <laughs> I was like, this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Why is this happening? Um, so I told, told her about it and she said that she did have someone who had had that side effect from the actual sauce. I was also having a little bit of the nausea and I was having new joint pains and body aches I'd never felt before. And then just obviously, eventually after all of this, I started feeling some discouragement and feelings of depression. So, um, one of the things that I was, um, we were having a little internet thing, um, I was saying is that my symptoms started at a really huge, um, you know, level as far as all of these acute symptoms, priority symptoms, and just over time, over this 80 days, 83, it has just slowly decrescendoed. Um, I did not receive any medical care other than it was on October 5th. So go, you know, August, I didn't work in September you know, and then October finally comes around on the fifth. I finally saw an endocrinologist and she, 
um, gave me a low dose of some um, thyroid medication. Okay. 25 milligrams. So started me out really small. Um, and other than that, I had had no, if you will help, unless you call help, lots of poking and prodding and testing. Okay. I had all sorts of tests. So I've gone that, that whole long period of time on the October 5th, I finally got the low dose of the thyroid medication. You know, during that time, I spent a huge amount of it doing my own research. Uh, I have felt like there's just less was just by treat, treating my body as a whole organism and just doing my own research and studying about different um, uh, supplements because I've added a whole giant list of supplements to what I'm taking every day. Um, and so I used to just take like a basic supplement kind of thing. And I take a couple things. Now it's just like, I have bottles all over my refrigerator that I take in the AM. And then I do something in the middle of the day. And then I do something at night. Um, so we were talking about tea earlier, like for example, I get up and I have bone broth. I have the grass fed bone broth. I add a scoop of collagen to it and I put a mushroom tea in there. <laughs> so good. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I have in the morning. Cause I've usually had my, um, thyroid medication and then I take that bone broth and that, that collagen and I, and I use like a, a reishi mushroom tea and I have an, another mushroom tea later in the day. I have this whole thing planned out, like what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. I've did all the research on, you know, when you take this supplement, should you take this one at the same time? Or should you, you know, like there's some, I have to take like four hours apart and I can just to be careful. Um, now that's Can not I to say that I'm always perfect. <laughs> Go ahead. Balance. So you have mentioned Hashimoto's. So did they actually test your antibodies for Hashimoto's? Yes. Is that diagnosed? Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for helping me clarify too. They did a lot of tests, a thyroid ultrasound test. Then when I went to my endocrinologist on the fifth, they did another like whole set of thyroid tests. The only thing that, that had come out through all of it, I, I know, by the way, I, like I said, I now had a cardiologist and he went over everything and he's the one who ordered the heart MRI and he's the one who ordered the echo. Uh, and then he's the one who ordered the heart monitor and he just wanted to be absolutely sure they weren't be caught. They weren't being caused by my heart. So at this point, the only thing left to get the results back on for my heart is the heart monitor results, which are not back yet, but the other results show minor little issues that couldn't heat the doctors. Like they couldn't be causing your, your issues, your palpitations, your chest pain, none of that could be coming from this. So it's not that. So it's, it's as he and all the other doctors had thought including my primary care, my endocrinologist, they all think that these symptoms are from the Hashimoto's of all my thyroid tests. That is the one that came back super high, depending on which doctor you talk to, it's supposed to be between zero and 30. And it was like 267 or 287. I don't remember which one. So super high. Um, it was very definitely Hashimoto's and it presents like Hashimoto's. If you do some research on that. Now, Hashimoto's is triggered by various things in your life, which is why this ties back to the beginning of what I was saying about my life pre-sauce. I had a very stressful existence. <laughs> um, the abusive situation I was in was extremely, extremely stressful. It caused 
things to go on medically speaking during that time that the doctors were flummoxed. Like, why did that happen? And it just, those things just magically disappeared when I left the stressful situation. Then I went on, I worked for a while, COVID came around, that kind of thing. So it's a, a very high level stress, yet none of these instances in my life had ever triggered Hashimoto's. So one could say, you know, there's a big question. Why did getting the sauce trigger Hashimoto's? It's an autoimmune disease. It's not a thyroid condition. It's an autoimmune disease that can cause lupus, encephalitis, all these sorts of things. It can have, I can have rheumatoid arthritis. As a matter of fact, I have to go in for tests next Tuesday. My uh, endocrinologist wants me to have those ha be tested for those things as well. Um, because Hashimoto's can turn into those things and it can be triggered by stressful situations, by having a virus, by having a bacterial infection. There's all sorts of research out there on people trying to figure out what causes Hashimoto's, how to handle it. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a, a mystery. <laughs> Lucky me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I definitely have the Hashimoto's. I did test for Graves disease, which I was really hoping I didn't have both because I had done some research and I had symptoms from both. And so I knew I might have it. And they, they came to the same conclusion. It seems like every time I go to the doctor, they're just reaffirming what I already have researched and know. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause I, I do, like I guess I do a lot of reading and research and, um, and yeah, I feel like I need to, in my own way, take care of myself as best as I can while asking them to help me as well. Right. It's, I mean, you and I talked about this a little bit before, but you know, I can totally relate to your, like going down the autoimmune road. And I definitely feel like with my research, I tell the doctors, okay, I want to look into this piece of it or that piece of it, you know, because you know, your body, you're doing the research um, they don't know your body. And oftentimes I feel like there's kind of a disconnect and, um, well, you mentioned it a little bit before, but, um, you know, we want to know why and fix it from the root cause, you know, and there isn't that perspective, like from regular mainstream anyway. So you're speaking my language. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And there are times where I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> like, I yeah. know what's going on more than you do, but you know right. what I mean? Cause again, you spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out. So absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a really long and conglomerated story. That's why I was like, gosh, you want me to show you my read portions of my journal? Um, if you can, if you're interested, I can, or go over my tests I've had. I mean, it's just really, it's a lot. It is, it is a lot. And that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, I, I remember at one point, uh, this in the middle of all my journey, this path I was going down, this thing in Afghanistan happened, if Afghanistan happens, right. Oh, um, and then the people being left there and et cetera. And I just remember I noticed in my journal, I actually wrote about it, that I was just like, I know this is happening to me, but there are worse things happening all over the world and the people in Afghanistan right now who are just like, ah, uh, you know, and so it's all about perspective. Um, and, you know, even if I don't come back or if I don't come back for another talk, I would like to make sure that anyone hearing this knows that, you know, you just, these things happen. And like, I didn't have any control 
And now I don't have control over certain aspects of my body and what it does, but I do always have control in the way that I respond to the things I can't control. So I am not allowing this occurrence or these, this, I don't know, I guess you could say these cards I've been dealt to determine the way that I approach my daily life. I still have a lot of joy and I have a lot of blessings and I have a lot of things to be thankful for. And those are the things I focus on. I will focus on what I can do and not what I can't do because, and then that's going to grow. And I know it is, you know, so um, I'm going through uh, like learning how to make my own podcast and I'm trying to grow my, you know, my, um, my intellect, I guess, in that way, learn something new, keep my brain busy. So I have brain fog. So should I just sit around or should I try to keep my brain busy in order to recover? I'm keeping my brain busy. (laughs) I'm trying to grow, you know, and the same thing applies to all of these, the research, like, you know, it's, it's a little bit at a time and it, it's a lot to try and figure out when you're a puzzle. And I know, you know, that (laughs) so (laughs) it's like, just bite sides, you know, like yeah. today I'm going to learn about magnesium and Hashimoto's tomorrow. I'm going to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody, or have you, uh, reported this to, I don't know if I can say it, but V A E R S or have mm-hmm. the doctor said anything about it? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, them saved on my laptop because I was waiting. I was trying to wait until I had like the end of the story right? to say, this is what happened. Not just here's the chapter. Right. So I was, I was actually waiting till all those tests came back and they have taken this long. (laughs) I was amazed by how long it went with urgent tests being, having nothing done. I'd be like, I could be having a heart attack, but nobody would know, right. <laughs> you know, like anyway. Um, so yeah, I I'm going to be reporting this to VAR, to VAR, V-A-R-S, VAR's, however you say. Um, I was a little disheartened because when you look at the V-A-E-R-S paperwork, you can see how it's kind of really angled for the doctors to be reporting it. And not one of my doctors has mentioned it. So if they're reporting it, I don't know about it. Um, they haven't mentioned it, but I'm going to report it myself because I think people should know. And of course I have been sharing my short story, even though I'm actually an introvert and a private person. And I would rather focus on the positive. I would rather be like, you know, this is all the good stuff we can focus on, you know? Um, but I think people should be able to look around and see that someone they know is actually going through this yeah, just so they can make their own educated decision. Yes. Know? Like this could happen. I know it's not likely, you know, um, I don't know the likelihood. I don't know the statistics. Um, and I feel like even some of the doctors I went to speak with, um, you could tension or the resistance in their mind, like it's gotta be something else, (laughs) you know? And you're like, no, this is actually real. (laughs) Like you're actually talking to someone that had that cause this. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and, you know, um, so the only, actually, to be honest, it was, I shouldn't say doctors. It was really just one doctor that felt that way. uh, And that was the heart doctor at the ER when I went and took an ambulance to the ER. Um, He kind of seemed like, "Eh," you know, (laughs) like, but he still wrote in there this, you know, it's a sauce reaction, you know, because there was really no other. Yeah. There's really just nothing else. Yeah. Um, 
it's just really an interesting situation in which like it's been recognized that yes, this, we, we say this is why, and it's in your charts. And yet like, well, it is actually kind of shocking because everything I've heard out there is like, no, 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 mm-hmm. just a coincidence, you know, but then it seems like they likely it was not reported to bears. Right. Yes, exactly. And I feel that is the case. I would, um, I would love to show you right there um, because there may be who you never know somebody listening or watching here um you can honestly you can dm me anyone listening or watching if you would like to see it for your own eyes um i, I happen to be that kind of person i'm just straight up the shoot as my dad would say <laughs> um so yeah i'll put my number where my mouth is and you can actually see my results and yes it's a private thing but i don't really care <laughs> because you know there's a lot of people who aren't getting uh people who are straight up the shoot, you know, like I feel like, I feel like that's hard to find. Oh yeah. It would take a while, but it's all in there. (laughs) I was like, I was thinking I could just do a really quick one, but it's too much. And I have a whole file of paperwork and that's really good. Like, I appreciate that. Like if anybody is, you know, curious about, you know, Mm -hmm. certain parts of your journey, maybe they're really um, relating and don't really know what to do or feel alone. Um, because I, I do, you've mentioned the isolation a little bit, feeling like some depression coming on and stuff at one point when you're like trying to figure all this out. Um, I just think it's so important to have somebody to connect with who gets it and who's listening to you, you know, even if it's just like, well, I can just say, I understand, you know, like you legit know how it feels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that would be something I would be very happy to do. And I'm not a doctor, but I could tell you, Hey, this is what I tried or Hey, this is the supplement I was taking or what I tried to do just to help myself during that process or whatever. And I'm still at the decrescendo end right now. Um, having, I still have palpitations occasionally. I still have heart or chest pain at least once a day. Um, and I still have the tremors you know, occasionally I feel like I'm a little slow as far as I'll feel like a little bit of a brain fog, but not as much, which is why I am going back to work on Monday. I do feel like I will probably be okay, but I do expect that I will have some chest pain and tremors, um, that will be a little bit distracting probably occasionally. And I'm hoping not, um, but I don't know until I try. Right. So I will be going on Monday to, to try that and go back. Um, Yeah, I still am having those. I still have the smaller or um, peripheral things like hair and skin and weird rash that pops up on my face occasionally when I haven't had anything like that since I was 20. You know, like you just be like, what? Why is there a breakout on my face all of a sudden? That's weird. Um, So just little stuff like that still goes on. And and I know it's just going to be an ongoing journey. Yeah. But I also believe that, uh, you know, that I may have to deal or work in a kind of a preventative mental place for the Hashimoto's forever. But I don't believe that I will have to suffer from it forever. You know, I just, I don't think that way. I kind of think, think, tend to think, you know, yeah, this, I can deal with this, you know, Mm this will be, it'll be okay. Even though it didn't always feel okay. Sometimes I was terrified. I would be laying there and just, (laughs) I I would cry. I would just lay there crying. So yeah, if you're out there and you're, you're in a place where, you know, this is COVID you know, your friends aren't coming over, you're sick, you're by yourself. Maybe your mom and dad can't drive up and stay with you. 
you know, uh, it, you know, and you're just like, wow, I'm just, I feel like I'm alone. DM me. <laughs> because I, I won't judge you. Yes. And this is why, you know, you said something earlier about being more introverted and yet you're sharing your story. And I think it's so important. And I feel like that's part of our own healing journeys as well, you know, because people can't see what's going on with you. And yet your entire internal life has changed, which I was also going to ask you, how's your energy and the exercise piece and all that at this point? Determination that I have done it before and I will do it again. Meaning I have overcome like extreme challenges in the past and overcome and gone into that place, that consistent, determined, yet self-loving place, you know, to heal my body and to get back to that and to just have it be about me and not a competition against anyone else, but just how am I doing? How do I feel? How is my body doing? Did my body do better today than last week? You know? Um, so like, that's where I'm at right now. Like eventually I'm hoping to get back to that, but I'm honestly just right now going first things first. Let's see if I can, uh, handle a shift (laughs) at work and then we'll go from there. Kind of like, okay, let's see how that goes. Yeah. Well, I think that is all I have for you. I think we really like touched on all the questions, but, um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see people's response. And if, you know, maybe we can chat again and I would love to hear what happens when you get your um, results from your heart monitor and all the things. So at least you're welcome. Thank you so much. This is my first time, um, you know, really being on a podcast and, you know, being going through a podcast course, I eventually want to have my own. So I appreciate you, um, sensei (laughs) being my (laughs) example. (laughs) And, um, and I appreciate the way that you are obviously very, um, all about treating the whole organism and having that holistic aspect. And you're very so generous and giving to people. So I appreciate that. I think it was a very appropriate exchange of energies. Amen. Awesome. All right, you guys. So that's it. Thank you for hanging out with us. And again, like I said in the intro, if you would like to connect with Lori, I'll have information below or you can talk to me and I can connect you with her. Um, I really appreciate her sharing her, her personal journey. I think it's very, very important that people have some kind of platforms to be able to share this information and connect with others who are going through or have gone through something similar. You can find me as usual at thatvibrantlife.com. On Facebook, I'm at uh, Vibrant Life. And then on Instagram, that underscore Vibrant Life. And then this podcast is sponsored by my family owned and operated pasture raised meat business, Oregon Valley Farm. And we do ship to several different states. So if you're interested, it's beef, chicken, and pork. If you're interested, go to the FAQs and make sure that we actually ship to your state. Um, And we also offer local pickup. So thank you again for hanging out with me um, really regarding this important topic. All right, have a good day.